Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 248. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Um, we got a pretty packed episode this week, actually. Um, first and foremost, I went to Level Up Expo over the break, uh, or over the break, over the weekend, um, and did my panel that I that I uh, said I was going to. And that panel is actually up and live now, so you can go watch that on the YouTube channel if you want to. Um, definitely think some things I think that could have been better about it, but um, you know, if you hadn't been listening recently, you know, there were a lot of things kind of up in the air with my life, and and we're still kind of coming down on 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 that stuff and, and, and normalizing out a bit. Uh, but I didn't really get nearly as much time as I wanted to work on the panel. Same thing with the Sin City one as well. So it's kind of, you know, back to that Sin City thing of like, oh, you know, I, I'm happy with it given the effort, effort I was able to put into it. If I, if I could put more effort into it, I definitely would. And unfortunately just didn't quite work out in this situation. So as far as I'm aware, the next panel that I could potentially do here locally, um, would be Sin City again, which is at the end of the year. I went and looked at like the convention schedule and I didn't see anything really scheduled, um, other than Evo, Evo's plan for this year. And I don't believe they take any kind of panels. I think they're way too big for something like that. So, um, we'll see. I, I, I would like to do more panels and I do have the potential of maybe going somewhere else to do do panels as well, like go to different conventions. I have kind of wanted to do a little bit more like traveling to different places um, and, and game conventions are a great excuse to do that. Um, I've considered going to like Midwest Gaming Classic because I have not gone there yet for that. Um, not that I could do a panel there, but, but you know, maybe travel a little more and then depending on the size of the convention I end up going to, you know, be able to submit something, but we'll see. I, 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 I just finished that last one, so I'm not quite, uh, ready to, you know, go straight into planning, uh, uh the next one. And I also got to kind of figure out what would be a good topic because I don't really want to just repeat the same topics I've already done. Typically, um, it would be nice to kind of clean them up a little bit and maybe represent them a bit cleaner. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it's, it's a panel. It's, it's, it's only going to be so, so clean when you're like, you know, talking on the fly and can't edit anything or anything like that so so yeah but I had a lot of fun with that otherwise you know pretty typical for a convention I went to level up expo in 2017 and uh, back then there was very 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 few video games at the actual event despite being a video game convention uh, things have definitely improved in the last like four or five years um, I would not say that they are like significantly improved it still feels more like an anime convention more than a video game convention but it feels like more of a video game convention than any other convention i've been to in las vegas since like gamestop expo when that uh last happened i think 2017 was the last year gamestop expo may have happened it was 2016 i can't remember it was whatever year i think sonic forces was coming out because i remember playing the sonic forces demo there i think it was 2017 anyways all that aside, though, um, yeah, so it was pretty nice. I went and talked to some, like, indie devs. A handful of them seemed to be local. Some came in from, I think, like, uh, Portland, Seattle-ish area, and I believe another one from Texas kind of thing, but there were a handful of local ones. Um, they did have some, like, demos you could download from the Steam page, and I might stream those a little bit um, just because I need to do some testing for streaming stuff, and it might be a good opportunity to just, you know, download those and just play those on stream for a little bit um, and just check those out. So maybe I'll do that have a good time so you can see you know a couple of the games that I saw when I was I was there um so so that's coming up but yeah I would say overall it was a good experience you know is level up expo you need to fly into town to see I don't really think so at this point uh, at least as somebody who likes video games um it seemed very packed with like anime voice actors and all those things so you know I think that's pretty standard for conventions generally um but I think I do really want something to be more 
more video gamey here locally. Uh, I think that is something I, I personally would, would like. I probably should go, should go to Evo at some point. I'm not a big fighting game person. So in my mind, it's always been kind of like, well, may, do I really belong there? Like, will I really have a great time? But I really should go just to at least check it out. Uh, you know, I believe there is like a general convention that kind of exists around Evo. So it's not just the fighting game tournament stuff. You know, I can look at Street Fighter and go like, yep, those guys are punching each other. Um, but I'm not somebody who can like really appreciate um uh fighting games like uh comp or you know things like I, I i i like playing fighting games you know but it's just not something i can like sit there and think a lot about in terms of like here's a professional playing versus like a normal person playing outside of well this guy hits the guy a lot more most of the time so so yeah so level up expo is pretty fun again panels on the website or on the youtube channel if you want to go check that out uh i did a topic that was uh playing Japanese games without knowing the language. So that was uh, it was pretty fun. It was a fun little topic to to do. So I think if I'm going to do anything next for panel stuff, um, I think my biggest desires would be maybe games for girls, uh, maybe something more related to like Nintendo racing games. Um, and then uh, uh, Mr. T uh, suggested on the stream Dojin games. Um, and that might be an interesting topic, although I don't quite know what I would say about Dojin games. So I'd have to think a lot about that other than just be like, hey, Dojin games are pretty cool. I know some. Let me tell you about them kind of thing. So. So, yeah, um, I did play some like normal video games. Um, there were some things at the actual arcade. There. There's like an arcade section. I didn't spend a lot of time there, unfortunately, though. Um, but I did play some normal video games. Uh, I had a friend in town, so we sat down and played through Curse of the Moon 2. I really wanted to try that game co-op, and we played through the majority of it. Um, we, uh, I'm kind of surprised. It's actually, if you don't know, the original Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, you have to play through it at least twice to get the real ending. Um, really, there's like probably about four or five total endings that you can get. I think four is the number, uh, if I remember, but I, I can't remember for sure. And, um... Each, like, ending you did kind of had different play styles as you were playing through it. Um, there's two that were, were fairly similar, but the but the rest all kind of played out in their own different ways. And this game kind of does the same thing in some ways. Um, it, it basically, you know, has you um, kind of going through these levels um, as just kind of like the core crew initially and then it does something very similar to the last game where they take one character away and you have to go through the game again with a reduced um cast and then they actually in the third playthrough like introduce the old cast back in so you have an even larger set of characters to to play with however you have to individually earn them back so you have to actually go find them and add them to your party so you actually are most of the time in that playthrough working with less characters than you would typically have so it's 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 a pretty neat um uh setup that they do there with that and I'm, I'm glad it is a little different it just feels a little grindy maybe um but you know the, the cool thing with curse of the moon is that there are different like um directions on the uh, or directions that you can go through the level so like you know depending on which characters you have with you you can go down different paths that can take you to um you know new places that you can you, you can go through and explore find power-ups and things like that so there's a lot of reason to explore in that game and curse of the moon you know one is amazing i think curse of the moon two is like in a lot of ways, kind of more the same. Um, but I think they do a really good job of tweaking a lot of little things here and there to make it feel different. And playing it co-op specifically, I think, was a big help because even though it's probably... Um, you know, a little more challenging due to the fact that like you both can burn your resources simultaneously. Like, you know, if, 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 if 
two people take damage at once from a single attack, that's going to do double the damage to your entire pool of resources of characters. Because you don't, like, have your own set of characters. You still share the same pool of characters. The only difference is that the main character, Zengetsu, you get a second one of him. So you have two Zengetsus, a red one and a blue one. Um, so you do get an extra character in there. But, you know, for the, for the potential amount of damage, like, you can take from, like, a boss's single attack or something, um, that is higher. But at the same time, you also get higher damage output, right? So... So it definitely can be, I think, as a as kind of a trade-off. But it was it was fun, and you kind of have some new Super Mario kind of elements to it, where like the you and the other um, uh, player have like collision with each other. So you can like sit on top of them and have them carry you around. You can also do essentially the equivalent of like the new Super Mario Brothers bubble, where you turn into like a little symbol and float around you know the other player and then pop yourself back out whenever you want to, kind of thing. So it's it's very um, convenient in that regard and and, and and plays fairly well. The one problem I think. And, you know, I'm sure this is potentially, you know, uh, intentional, but I think would have maybe maybe made the game a little better if they changed it is um, when you switch characters in Curse of the Moon 1 and Curse of the Moon 2, the game like flashes for a second and like pauses the action. And while that's fine when you're playing alone, actually, it's honestly kind of beneficial because you can sit there and like spam it in the air or something like when you're falling. And when you're spamming it, um, the game doesn't really progress that much. So you can just sit there and cycle through characters like nonstop and kind of like freeze the game. But when you're playing a multiplayer, if like somebody's trying to do platforming, the other character's like, oh, or the player is like, oh, I need to change to another character. And you change, it like freezes the other player's, um, you know, screen or, or movement as well. So it creates situations where you end up, uh, you know, uh, messing with somebody else's platforming and killing them. And, 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 you know, obviously just you need to be better at coordinating and make sure, you know, you're not doing that while someone else is platforming. But, you know, I'm not particularly observant when those kinds of things comes to those kind of things. So it was not too uncommon for me to accidentally kill my partner while I was going through it so anyways Curse of the Moon 2 is still really great um I might go through and finish it up on my own uh but uh I had another friend who was actually interested in playing and um we were kind of holding off because it's local multiplayer only and local multiplayer is not great for me because I don't, like the only person I know of my local town is my dad and my dad's probably not going to play Curse of the Moon 2 with me. I mean, I'm sure if I asked him, he would. Um, but, you know, it, I think that might be a little bit of an intense experience for him in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, Curse of the Moon 2 uh, only supports local, so you can't really play online. So... Um, I was thinking about maybe trying like through Parsec on PC or something like that and, and finishing it up that way with a friend who also likes Curse of the Moon 1. So. so we'll see, but I think I will try to finish it up on my own. Speaking of finishing up, technically we kind of finished up God Eater 3, but there's still more to do. Um, so God Eater 3 had some downloadable quests. We went and went and finished those downloadable quests and we got the credits or whatever. It was fine. It was like, it basically was just resolving a story point with one particular character that kind of felt left out from the rest of the game. And I think it's probably one of the better like stories in the game. I feel like God Eater 3 has a problem where a lot of the characters don't really feel like they matter. And so you're just kind of like, okay, well, like I, I went through this story thing, but like, I don't know, like, like, like this character doesn't really have any personality or like involvement to what's happening. So it just, it just doesn't really feel like any of the characters matter that much in that game. Um, and so, uh, this, this story focused on like the three brothers, Keith, um, I forget the other guy's name, uh, Keith, Zeke, and then, uh, Neil, I think are the three names. And I think the story between them was like fairly decently told. Is it anything amazing? No, but it's fairly decent. However, each character does have character episodes, which is not a particular, like, God Eater, like, three specific thing. God Eater 2 also had character episodes as well. And, um, 
The problem is, is that the character episodes, like God Eater 2, are single player only. And so how you, how you play um, those is you have to, like, grind out, like, a relationship with a character. And you have to, like, um, then do, like, a series of quests with them. But instead of spreading it out over the course of the game or something like that, they dump them all in the player at once. And as far as I can tell, you can't build that relationship. You might be able to build it in multiplayer, actually, thinking about it. But either way, you know, you have to do the actual quest content single player. So at this point, basically, there's no multiplayer quest content for story. It's all single player stuff. So basically, I got to sit down and just grind through a bunch of, like, relationship stuff to go and, like, unlock the character stories for some of these characters. So, you know, not particularly ideal. Honestly, I, I'm kind of, I've been done with God Eater 3 since probably about halfway through the game and just being like, I don't really want to play this anymore. I did want to beat it. I knew that much, but like, I, d- I just don't really want to play it anymore. And so to like get to the end of the game and then it'd be like, okay, you have another like f- freaking 20 plus story quests with all these characters and you also have to grind out the relationships for every single character and we gate it off so you can only grind out relationships with one initially. Then you can grind out with three after that. It's just like, oh my God. I want this game to go away. So I don't know. It is in my PS4 still. I will probably sit down and try to grind through it. I just got to find the time and figure out if it's worth my time and how long it's going to take kind of thing. So we'll see if it's if it's really a slow trudge. I'm not going to die over it. I'm just going to, you know, make my work my way through it and um or or, or or just leave it there. Maybe go look up stuff on on like YouTube or something like that afterwards. So, yes. Um, and then, uh, I played a little bit of First Soldier as well, just in Season 2. Um, I think we might be done with First Soldier for now. You know, First is the, the Season 2 is, like, good and everything, um, and I played Dragoon, and Dragoon's, like, a fun class, but I kind of feel like I've seen everything with First Soldier, and the, uh, person I was playing with had a lot of technical issues as well with the game, um, beyond the technical issues that, you know, I was having with the game, um, just down to, like, their phone not performing well, and at this point, the only thing I really want to do in First Soldier is maybe play competitively. So unless I can do that like 3v3 kind of setup or something, you know, I, I I think at this point I'm probably just not super interested anymore. Uh, my friend did said he wanted to go play some Apex, um, which I'm kind of slightly interested in going back to and checking out. But I just don't feel like I have a lot of enthusiasm to go back and play Apex right now. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I might play, you know, at least a couple times just to try out some of the new characters for that. So... Um, we'll see, but yeah, first soldier, uh, the new patch seems pretty cool. Teleport seems okay, but not like super useful given there's already so many like movement options in that game. So dropping teleports down is like kind of helpful, but there's some map changes as well, uh, but they were pretty minor changes, but they were very helpful changes, I will say. So yes. And, uh, then also, you know, just been streaming Evergrace, um, and I don't really have anything to say more about Evergrace at this point, but I am a little worried because if you don't know, at the end of the sh- streams we do, um, we do community reviews. And so we talk about a game and how we feel about it and, and do a little, little review card. I'm having a really, really hard time putting a finger down on like what I like about Evergrace. And I'm really worried that I'm not going to figure that out by the time we do the community reviews. So I've been thinking about just spending some time, maybe writing out some thoughts about Evergrace, just to see if I can kind of massage that a little more rather than, you know, sit there live on stream and just be like, I don't know what makes this game all right. But um, I do want to like maybe sit there and figure out some thoughts on it before I do that. But been, been having fun with that. We finished up Darius's mode, which is like the main guy. Um, and then we also have Charlene. Um, and, and I'm playing through her mode right now. 
Um, I feel like I've had a lot more trouble with Charlene's playthrough. I don't know if that's intentional, if it's like she's specifically considered to be a harder character or something, or if it's just like the nature of the the level design just makes it feel harder. But she does get like a ranged weapon with the bow, and I do like the bow a lot. But most of the enemies she encounters, I feel like guard a lot. So like I feel like I've had to run up and use like piercing weapons instead um, as, as like an alternative to the bow. So I don't know, but it's been fun having a good time with that. Enjoying that game a lot more than I thought I would originally so yeah so that's pretty much it in terms of stuff and playing like i said quite a bit actually um so as i mentioned before you know we are kind of or i'm looking to kind of like kick the youtube back into gear again um we've been kind of in hibernation for a while and even in before that hibernation i had a lot of problems getting content out um through the end of the year last year and a lot of things i was planning to put out in like september um, still are not done. So I am, I am working to try to figure out, you know, what I want to unclog from that and also what I want to set aside if like, maybe it's not important enough to, to get into kind of thing. Um, but I'm basically looking at it from three, three perspectives and, and I went ahead and like a full breakdown of this on Patreon essentially. But I think I'm, I'm basically looking at tackling this stuff in like three different ways, uh, or maybe three with the different time spans. One is stuff in like kind of the immediate future. Um, and one thing, one of these things I already kind of did, uh, the Patreon, I went ahead and updated the Patreon. So now the $10 level is flattened down to just the $5. So everything with bonus content is $5. And then you have the podcast question that we'll bring up here in a little bit. That's at the $3 level. And then that's also like a general support level. I removed the stream voting stuff because the people who are subscribed to the Patreon right now do not watch the stream as far as I'm aware. And it felt weird to offer like stream voting and stuff to people who weren't going to engage with it. And then also, so, you know, it feels a little unfair to people who are watching the stream if people that aren't watching the stream are dictating what we're playing kind of thing, right? So until like there's a change in the type of people in, in the Patreon and we, we have people who are, are more likely to be watching the stream, I think I'll put that one on hold until then. And then once we have people who, who also watch the stream in the Patreon, then I'll start looking at, you know, reintroducing the stream game suggestions or polling where they can you know, choose the game kind of thing. So Patreon stuff, that is pretty much all up to date. There are some content changes I have to do. Um, basically with my new job, I don't, I don't um, commute anymore. So car talk's probably going to be dead for the most part. Um, and I have some ideas for the types of content I want to do on Patreon in addition to the article readings, but I have to like actually finalize some stuff and do some more testing um, to, to get those rolling and moving kind of thing. So um, and once I'm done with that, I think I'll also, you know, go and 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 promote the video on 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 YouTube or promote the Patreon on YouTube once I get like a general content flow worked out. So hopefully, you know, this is the month of March. Hopefully by the end of March, I have some kind of like short video for Patreon. So not none of that's really content unless you're at the Patreon though. Um, in terms of like actual content I want to do, um, in the very short term, I want to try to get a Pokemon channel casual review um out. I I haven't really though drafted out the outline for that yet. Um, you know, it being a casual review, it is me just kind of talking. So it's not like some scripted thing, but I still do have an outline that I follow just to kind of make sure I hit all the stuff in kind of the order I want to hit it in. Um, so that is, is something that I want to get out sooner rather than later. If I can, I'll work on that tomorrow. If this is right now, it's, um, uh, Saturday night right now at the moment. So, um, and then also I want to catch up on the community review, um, archive stuff. So if you don't know, we're a couple games behind on the community review archive. Um, so I want to go ahead and catch that up. So sort of a um, is going to be coming out this week. 
So if you want to check out that archive for that community review, that will be going up on, uh, I think it's Wednesday this week. And then I also went ahead and finished out the Parasite Eve one, uh, and that's going to be happening, I think, on the 23rd right now. So those, those dates might shift depending on what kind of content comes out when. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and get those caught up, and then, you know, when Evergrace comes out, we can go ahead and put that up as soon as we can. I would like to get those community reviews up, you know, within a reasonable time frame of when we finish streaming a game. So um, I'm crossing my fingers that, you know, it will make sense where I can kind of plop it in the next week after we finish the game. But honestly, you know, anytime I kind of set those kind of standards for myself, it kind of creates, you know, timeline problems. So I will see how I end up um, um, handling that. So. Anyways, so those are kind of like the, the immediate future plans. So that's like stuff that I plan to do basically as soon as possible. Um, short-term plans, Nintendo G video. Nintendo G video absolutely needs to get done. I want that thing out of my life. I want it to be done by the beginning of, F of February. Did not happen. Um, so, you know, as soon as these more immediate issues I want to uh, resolve or have resolved uh, are out of the way, Nintendo G video, 100% what I want to do. Um, from there, I got to look at some more short-term content like the Shinmu multi-tap podcast. I can go ahead and uh, set that up. Have somebody who already agreed to do that with me. I just have to kind of coordinate a time with them. I also got to figure out we we're gonna try like doing video as well, so it's gonna record my face and their face, and um, that will hopefully help me not have to edit nearly as much video into those. Because a lot of the problem right now with the multi-tap podcast is I have to edit a bunch of gameplay in, um, not because I have to per se, but I think it makes the YouTube version more interesting and. A lot of times what we're talking about are things that people don't know much about. So having the gameplay in there, I think is very helpful. Thankfully, I think Shenmue is pretty straightforward. So I don't think I need to really add gameplay in there. And by straightforward, I say, I think people know what Shenmue is. So I think I'll be pretty light on any kind of editing in there. I also don't have much, like just an archive of Shenmue footage, unfortunately. Outside of Shenmue 3, I have a bunch of Shenmue 3 recorded. But Shenmue 1 and 2, I don't have anything really recorded for that, unfortunately. So... Um, and then also at the Nintendo G video, I want to do a chibi robo follow-up video. That is pretty much, I believe, scripted and done. I have not looked at it in a while, but I believe the script is basically complete. And it's, I think it's gonna be really straightforward. It's probably gonna be a pretty short video. Kind of my main goal with that chibi robo video, beyond just saying what I want to say in it, is also kind of push people back to the Nintendo G video. Um, I really want to, you know, kind of expose Nintendo G as many, to as many people as possible. And I'd also like to get back to doing something on the PCFX. Um, there are some like really probably low hanging fruit for PCFX that I can do. Um, I know there's not a lot of resources out there about like burning PCFX games. So I think there'd be like a pretty decent video to just like talk about what I do for that specifically, um, which is actually somebody who listened to the podcast kind of gave me a lot of suggestions. So I'd probably be sourcing them mainly. Um, but everything they suggested to me seems to work great. So um, I also want to kind of finish up the English guide for Sparkling Feather. That um, kind of got put on hold because I wanted to rethink how I handled the English guide videos. And I think I kind of have a vision of how I want to go forward with them. And I think what I want to do, and this kind of came out of the Nintendoji video, is offer more resources that I create for people. Um, you know, obviously that's not ideal. I'm not somebody who has, who knows Japanese, right? Um, but if there's something I identify that's like, I can provide this and it like provides a function, like in the case of Nintendoji, I have an item guide and you can use that item guide as a way to utilize your inventory to its fullest extent in Nintendoji. Um, that is like something I can really like help people with. You know, I can't translate the game or, or offer any like insight on the story really, but at the very least I can say, here's what these items are, here's kind of what they do, and let the player kind of sort between them uh, to figure out what it is, so. And um, also, and, and so that, yeah, I, with Sparkling Feather, I want to do something similar to that, although not nearly as in-depth as Nintendoji. 
And then also I, I might do like a more like low hanging fruit, like English guide video with like do 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 da do da. Like that game is probably going to be pretty straightforward to, to, um, do an English guide for, I think. So, so yeah, it's been like, I think the Ojo Sama Sasomu video is like October. So it's been a while. So maybe even before that might be September. So, you know, we really need to get something out for that. Um, not that those videos did like amazingly well, but you know, I care about the PC effects. Um, I will say though, there's been a lot of great content coming out about the PC effects recently though. Um, if you didn't look it up, let me, let me find them real quick. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, um, Amelie Dory is what their name is on Twitter. I think they're also like no, null speed or something like that, but on, 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 or it's not on Twitter, on YouTube is, um, A-M-E-L-I-E. I mean, I'll, I'll put it at link in the description, but, uh, they've been doing some like PC engine videos and they also did a welcome to Pia Carrot video, um, uh, for the PCFX. And it seems like they have a lot of interest in doing more PCFX stuff. So definitely keep an eye on them. Speedy Null, I think is maybe the, the other name they have. Um, and then obviously Video Game Esoterica has their stuff. I feel like there was somebody else doing PCFX stuff too recently, but I can't quite remember who, honestly. So anyways, I think there's a lot of like life in the PCFX community right now, which actually feels pretty cool. I mean, admittedly, I will say I have not been in the PCFX community like super long. So maybe this it's, it's always lively, but I feel like right now, at least in terms of video content, it's been a very lively period in the PCFX's life in that regard. So um, but yeah, I think there's still a lot of like value in doing the English guide videos, just they're not going to really get the views, I think. So yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's it for the PCFX stuff. And that's more of the short term plan stuff, long term plans. Um, a few different things I want to do here again, like I want to stress that like these plans change my interests change all the dang time. It's a big like problem for this YouTube channel. I'm like always running off to go look at something else. Um, I'm like, oh, I have this great idea. I'm going to do it. And then I go and do that instead of what I was planning on doing. Um, but here's some long-term plan goals I have. Um, I want to do something in regards to Final Fantasy XI still. Um, I was talking to someone about this a while ago and I had some ideas, but I think I have reconsidered a lot of how I want to handle that. Um, initially the thought was maybe doing like a podcast series on Final Fantasy XI, but the longer I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't know how much value I bring to like a podcast series about Final Fantasy XI. I think I would be way too much dead weight to really be involved in that long term. So, um, and also I have to think about like the audience I want to reach, right? Like, like if I want to reach somebody who doesn't know much about Final Fantasy XI, um, like an hour to two hour long podcast is maybe not the best format to do so. So still need to think about that, but I do want to do something with Final Fantasy XI. Um, I also have like some ideas that have been floating around for FF11 for a long time. Uh, there's been some cut content stuff that I've been wanting to look into. Um, some being a lot more straightforward. Um, other ones requiring me to do some pretty significant hacking if I want to do like a formal video on. Um, but there are, there are things that I, I really want to cover in, in terms of Final Fantasy XI. It's just a matter of finding where that fits in. I'm um, kind of speaking of Final Fantasy. I do want to revisit the idea of doing like a Dirge of Cerberus multiplayer video as well. I was talking to someone about this a while ago, and um, I think there's a really good um, video there in terms of like the story that, that can be told about what that game was and, and kind of the, the interesting you know ideas behind it. Um, but the biggest problem with that is that Dirt Cerberus multiplayer does not exist anymore. Um, and you know, it was at, uh, from a time that there was very little gameplay footage being recorded of games. So there is gameplay footage out there and you can find it. However, um, the majority of it is, is pretty old and pretty low quality. Um, so figuring out, you know, how, how do you represent that in a video format for however long that video would be, you know, ideally about 10 minutes. 
and then not like spend a lot of time just looping footage or something like that right um and and if we could get you know ways to pull i, I know like some of the character models and stuff still exist in the international version of dirge of cerberus as well um in the u.s so so there may be ways to get some higher quality footage of certain aspects of the multiplayer if it was like left over on the game's disc and things like that so i want to look into that as well those are more long term like i said um and then also i i did a poll a while ago about like um general collection videos um it was not 100 like 50 50 but it was like 45 ish percent or something like that said they want to see like my entire collection in one video and then there's another like 40 percent that said they want to see things broken out by console um so i think i might do both of those things um they will probably be less formal content and more just like kind of just chatting kind of content so um, I think there is value for me to do that, and I think the actual workload should be fairly light. Um, I would love to include gameplay for every single one of those games in those videos, but you know, if I'm going through an entire collection of a game console library, I'm not going to have gameplay of every single one, unfortunately. Um, that works for Metal Jesus Rocks, who's doing this for a living. Um, does not work for me, who has like 8,000 other things that I do on this YouTube channel, <laughs> right? Um, and in addition to my main job and everything, so... Um, I would love to show gameplay, and if I can, I might, you know, plug some gameplay in, um, but generally it'll probably be just a general chat around each individual game kind of thing, so. So yeah, and then I also, if I can, I want to do a Buddy Mission Bond video. We'll see how that turns out, though. I gotta beat the game first, and then I'll figure out my feelings and how I want to talk about it after that. So, that is kind of the upcoming plans for that. I know that's kind of a lot, but I just want to kind of walk you guys through what I was thinking. Again, that's just probably going to change to some degree, but that is my general thought of how I want to move forward. Uh, immediate future stuff I want to get done this month. Um, short-term future stuff I want to get like done maybe the next like two to three months. And then long-term is, you know, looking at, you know, the second half of this year probably at this point. So, yes. Uh, speaking of Patreon stuff though, it's time. It's time for the Patreon question. You're like, what is the Patreon question? Well, the Patreon question is when I um post on 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 the patreon uh ask for people for for asking me questions um those kind of people are people like or who are patrons like discreet again i don't think that's really somebody's name that's just saying they want to hide their identity so thank you discreet um that also includes paul daniel and also uh jillian so jillian is also a new patreon person so welcome jillian for that um, however, we did not have any questions asked this week, although I think Paul did share his uh, thoughts on the question this week. So if you don't know, since we don't have a Patreon question this week, we are getting a question from Level Skip. Um, they have like a series of questions that are like, hey, questions to ask a gamer kind of thing. Um, and some of them are bad. Some of them are good. This week's was actually pretty good, although maybe a little straightforward. Um, basically, the question was just... Um, you know, if, if, uh, what your favorite console is, or in your opinion, what is it? Or sorry, in your opinion, what is the best game console? Oh, this actually changes this question. I did not think about this. In your opinion, what is the best games console? And if you don't know this channel, I actually make a very strong distinction between the best something versus my favorite. So I did not realize that this was a, 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 a distinction that was being made here that I did not catch. Um, but Paul Daniel basically said, you know, like, if you don't know, Paul loves the PCFX and 3DO, says he loves those. Um, but he also thinks that the Wii is like probably the most well-rounded console, um, which, you know, as a fan of the Wii, 
I'm I'm totally on board with. Um, but basically says very very wide age or range age range and for demographics and doesn't look too dated. Um, also he says there's some really great rail shooters on there. Um, hey, you know the Wii is my favorite console. If you didn't know, I love the Wii, so I'm all in agreement with Paul Daniel here. I think one of the great things about the Wii is it really put developers who are not Nintendo in a very uncomfortable spot of like, hey, we have to use this controller for something. And so it created like made a lot of situations where a lot of companies kind of had to think like Nintendo in a lot of ways when creating their game. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe not the, like the best formula for creating good video games, but, uh, I think it was a good formula for creating interesting games. And because, you know, indie games were not really a thing at the time, like Xbox live arcade was just starting to become a thing. Um, you know, cave story was more of like a weird PC niche thing rather than like something that was like well known or something like that. Right. Um, the Wii was like a safe haven for smaller developers to make games that are more of that like PS2 era style quality and things like that when when game budgets were you know inflating during the 360 and PS3 era. So so the Wii is probably my favorite console. However, like I said, I didn't think about the best console because I don't know if I would say the Wii is the best console. Um, let me think about this a little bit. So I did some thinking about this and it might be like a cop out answer. I went and like did some chores uh, while I was sleeping on it. Might be kind of a cop out answer, but you know, I think if we're talking about the best console right now, um, I'd say probably the Xbox one, honestly, I was just thinking about like not only the sheer number of like indie games and things like that available for it and, you know, modern games and things like that, but also it has a pretty substantial backwards compatibility library there. And, um, you know, without too much effort, you can also set up like an emulator on it kind of thing, um, that you don't require like any kind of hacking. It just basically is just setting your Xbox up in dev mode. It gives you like a pretty great access to a variety of things. Um, even without that emulator mode though, like just the fact that it has backwards compatibility, it has, you know, all the, you know, typical mainstream AAA stuff. I think that that it is maybe enough to kind of like put it at a, 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 like a, kind of best console ever kind of thing. I think it's maybe a little bit of a boring answer, but you know, that's where kind of favorite answer comes into play. And I say the Wii, right? With with Xbox, when I think of like the best console, that's what I think of. However, right now I, I could be wrong. I think it's still a situation that if you don't have like an internet connection with an Xbox One, um, you cannot, uh, you know, play or at least say authenticate games and things like that so you know will it be the best console in the future uh probably not unless you know unless you count and like hacking it and everything at that point you know being able to you know play whatever on it would probably be fine but you know it's a little bit of a boring answer i feel like but the fact that it does have that kind of look into the past and the variety of things coming out today and you know the access to the entire xbox one library as well um i think i said xbox one earlier i meant xbox series x is probably the best thing at the moment um, that I can think of. So anyways, a little bit of a boring answer, but that's kind of why I think the best is always kind of a boring thing to talk about because typically we talk about the best just means like the best made thing. And that, you know, usually is just kind of the most modern iteration of something. That's not always true, but it usually frequently is, um, Castlevania area of sorrow, great example of best, uh, despite it, you know, being followed up by a variety of games, I feel like. So, uh, in my opinion, at least, for Castlevania series. We, we talked about that last week. If you didn't see last week, we did a Castlevania ranking of series. So, anyways, anyways, that's the Patreon question for this last week. Like I said uh, earlier, you can do Patreon questions if you subscribe at a $3 level. Um, if you do the $5 level, you can also do a Patreon question as well. Um, I just do a post up on Monday in the afternoon. So just go ahead and leave a question there. Um, but otherwise, um, as I mentioned earlier, the level five Patreon has bonus content at it. So if you want to check out some bonus content, 
behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, uh, 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 article readings where I read through old articles I do, um, variety of commentary things, things like that. And uh, there may be some content in the future that I do that's somewhat heavily edited for the actual main YouTube, but maybe you'll get like the raw, you know, files for um, with the uh, with the uh, uh, Patreon uh, kind of thing. So anyways, that's it for that. Thank you so much again for everybody who subscribed to the Patreon. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate your support for that. Uh, that is paying for this month a Discord Nitro bump that I tried to try to see if that would improve the like uh, community you know meetups that we do on Saturday quality wise for the stream. However, it seems like uh, the level one boost does not really do all that much, unfortunately. So, so we'll see uh, how much you know it, it really matters. I might you know remove the boost at some point if it doesn't really you know do us any benefit. You have to have like a level two to get like 1080p 60 streaming or whatever, and I think in the end that costs like if you do it like you if you fund it yourself i think it costs like a hundred something bucks or something like that a, a month and i was like there's no way i'm doing that right now <laughs> maybe if the patreon gets high enough we can uh i can uh dedicate that money to or towards the the nitro boost or whatever so anyways i have some game news i want to talk about or maybe not so much the news as much as just games i want to talk about real quick um that i that i was looking at um one that i actually was kind of looking at off and on for a while i just didn't really know what it was it's called pokepia and I still don't really know what it is, but it's like a little 3D avatar world kind of game where you have this little cute character and you almost live on this little like, I guess you could call it like planet looking diorama, like almost like a dollhouse, but like it's open up like a planet kind of thing. So you can kind of walk around this like cake layer. I'm using a bunch of references, but like there's like little like layers to the house and you can see through all the walls and you can just kind of like go and, and, and it looks like you can kind of like decorate some of the houses and stuff put plants in there you can dress up your character um but when it comes to the gameplay aspect of the game there doesn't really seem to be all that much you know you can dress up your character as i mentioned earlier um but you kind of just go and visit other friends house i think houses i think it's when they're not there um it's just like their character standing there or whatever um but you can go and like water their plants and stuff which seems like it contributes to the growth of certain plants and things like that so there is some kind of like little like social connection aspect to the game of having characters go around and water plants for each other, I think. Again, I don't know for sure on these things, just looking at the game. Um, however, they also, when I was looking through the uh, the article, I believe on 4Gamer, um, there was mentioned that it allows you to do like voice chat through the game as well. So if you want to visit somebody's house and they're there, you can have like a little voice chat and they show like, you know, eight people just hanging out at one planet, essentially. So if you want to use this as a way to replace your, you know, <laughs> Skype calls or whatever, or Discord calls, Skype, oh man, your, your Discord like group or whatever, you can do that look cute while you do it kind of thing um, i was always confused because when i went to the website for pokey pia it always redirected me to something called poke cola um or poke Colo, but the the website url says pokey like cola with an l um and i don't i did not look into that game much but i did not like the visual style of that game at all but it seems like maybe kind of a similar just kind of like dress up socialized thing but it's all like 2d assets and the characters just kind of remind me a little bit of like <laughs> I don't know how to put it, like little trolls almost, like the, uh, uh, maybe the Cabbage Patch Kids kind of thing, just like the faces themselves just look a little off to me, not a huge fan of like that western style of, of cute character designs, I will say, which is probably why like I don't really look at most of the, like, the American Imagine games, but I will look at the Japanese ones typically, 
so it doesn't look particularly amazing, um, but you know I, I'm not interested in that game. I'm only interested in the Pokepea game that comes out afterwards. So I don't think it's out yet. I think they are just kind of doing like a registered user campaign, um, and you can just kind of like register yourselves to it. Um, I don't know if you have like a beta that you can sign into or anything like that, but looked cute, pretty cute. I also saw there's like a Digimon Survive stream that happened, or just like a general Digimon stream that happened, but they talked about Digimon Survive yet again. This is a game that's still not out. It was announced, I think, in like 2018. It's been a while since they've announced this game. Uh, really great looking art style, and I love the look of the world of the game. Um, but during that event, they basically said, hey, the reason why this has been delayed so long recently, or we haven't provided any updates recently, is due to... Um, Basically, they they said that they were uh, tra- changing developers. Um, so they switched off from, I believe the, the company's called Witchcraft, um, who worked on the uh, Idle Death uh, game kind of thing, um, and switched over to another developer called Hide, which does like a bunch of support work for a lot of games. But it seems like they were the main developer on a title called Root Letter. Um, which we have talked about on this podcast a while uh, before. So so switching companies around, I hadn't heard of either company before, to be honest with you, outside of I did know what Idle Death Game was. I own a copy of Idle Death Game for the Vita. We actually streamed it fairly recently, actually, when I was testing out my hacked PS Vita. Um, but but yeah, so anyways, this game still looks like really nice visually, but it more or less just looks like a straightforward st- strategy RPG and kind of always has looked that way. So I don't know what's changed switching between the developers. I don't know when they took over for it either kind of thing. So I don't know, but it kind of more or less looks like it's on track to be the same kind of game it was before, Um, which unfortunately I will say that game itself, like the gameplay of it never looked that interesting to me. It's always been the world design and things like that. There are some like adventure elements where you go around, you can talk to characters and things like that. (laughs) They do uses like live 2D character models and like 3D spaces in a way that reminds me a lot of like Lost Dimensions where it like zooms in on characters and then they like start animating a little bit when they get close enough. I went back and looked at Lost Dimensions recently and like how that's handled is actually significantly worse than I thought it was where basically they like they have like a low resolution version of the portrait that they kind of move over to and the transition from that low resolution to the higher resolution one is pretty rough but it's kind of interesting to think about the fact that like Lost Dimensions used live 2D kind of before a lot of you know console games started utilizing it pretty significantly so now a lot of games look like that in terms of having the character models move around um the only difference is that Lost Dimensions looks significantly worse than most modern games um, Lost Dimensions is a very cool game, though. Um, I, I think I talked about it on a podcast a long time ago. If I can find it fairly easily, I'll link it here because I think it is like a really fun game. But I did stream the whole game if you are interested in watching streams as well. Um, that was before people really came to the stream. So it's a lot of me just sitting there talking to myself during them. So, so yeah. And then the last game I want to talk about is Betia Fluent English Adventure. And this game, okay. I might, I might end up importing this game. This is a, a game about learning English. Um, however, it does it in a very like ring fit kind of way where they have an RPG and then you, you, you say English phrases and choose English words off out of the game to, um, to basically go through boss fights and things like that and progress in the game. And a lot of the NPCs will talk to you in English. Um, and it, it looks really cool and I, and I kind of like the idea. It reminds me a little bit of, um, Homeland on the GameCube visually. Not, it's not quite like exactly like that, but it looks, it reminds me of that. Like kind of like cute chibi world kind of thing. 
and and I really like the look of it. And and you know, I don't personally need to learn any more English at this point in my life. I don't think, or at least I probably won't learn anything any more language or English at the, the this point in my life. Um, you know, but uh, I I think it'd be like a really cool thing to sit down and try. The funny thing is, like the hardest part would probably be trying to figure out what they're asking me to say in English, um, in response to like Japanese words and things like that. So, um, it is a full price Switch retail game, and in the trailer they showed it has like a girl using like a a almost like um what's what is it called like joy something the, the the karaoke microphone that come came with a lot of nintendo systems um i forget what it is but there's like a bunch of like uh karaoke things uh or i think since the wii there's been like these karaoke games that come out on um on home consoles in japan that we don't get over here and it was that on like a stand kind of thing which looked kind of weird it was like this little girl is like in the living room playing and there's just like a mic stand in front of her and she's just talking into it while she has the like switch controller in her hands and then they have like the mom in the background and the mom's like sitting there stirring something and it zooms in on her slightly and she's just like nodding she's like yeah yeah she's learning english <laughs> it looks so weird um but it's it's, it's kind of fun but i love the look of the game and i love the idea of the game and i and i want to maybe give it a shot so uh, i think it comes out in april so I might look to see how much it like shows up on Play Asia with. Um, highly doubt it's ever going to get localized, given it's a game about learning English. Um, so I doubt they're going to bother, you know, figuring out how that'll work. Maybe they'll transition it to be how to learn Japanese in video games. Um, but I kind of highly doubt that. So uh, I think I will be checking out Betia though. Um, the the cover art for this week's YouTube is probably going to be the the art for the uh, game. But you know, I'll link the the website and the the trailer in the description. So if you are interested in hearing more or seeing more about Betia, um, it will be there. So anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Like I said earlier, the Sword of Ateria um, uh, community review archive is going to go up on the website here shortly on Wednesday. Um, the week after that, I have not planned anything yet, but if I get the Pokemon channel um, uh, video done, then I'll probably put it out that next week. Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still trying to figure things out. So I'll update you as things go along, though. As I mentioned earlier, the uh, panel I did at Level Up Expo is on the YouTube channel, so go check that out if you have not done that. And then we'll still be playing uh, Evergrace this week, uh, trying to get through Charlene's story. I think we have at least two more Evergrace streams coming up here. And then from there, we're going to switch over. My hope is that the next stream is going to be like a university disc stream. We're going to go through like a Dojin university disc I got from Comic Cat. Just check out a lot of different things on that that disc, essentially. And um, and then maybe also, like, sometimes they include, like, websites on there. We can poke around their websites, see if we can figure out who made what kind of thing. It'll be kind of a fun little adventure. It's going to be a lot more casual kind of thing, probably, than the usual uh, videos or streams. Um, and then after that, um, Mr. T recommended Pac-Man World 2. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. I, I wouldn't mind playing Pac-Man World 2 on stream. So I think at the moment, short-term plan is that we'll play Pac-Man World 2. Um, and, and then go from there. So that's the current stream plans, but Evergrace again this week, Thursdays at 7, 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to check that out. Anyways, that's gonna be it though. Thank you again for coming again. If you are part of the Patreon, thank you again for supporting me. I'll be trying to get some commenting up here for that specifically here shortly, but, um, I got to kind of figure that stuff out, um, in real time here. I don't want to just give you guys article ratings nonstop. Um, so, so yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, hope you have a great week. Bye.